Um, today is a very special uh, service, I believe, with all my heart. Um, I come up with a, a title of the message as I was studying and preparing because actually this message was birthed from what happened Sunday night as when we were worshiping to the audience of one, when Pastor Dave and Denise and the team was leading us into God's presence. How many was here last Sunday night? It's powerful, unbelievable. Um, but he had some of the worship team members begin to share their stories and their testimonies. And it was so good. I had Sherry begin to share hers and how God, you know, helped and, and brought her through uh, kidney things that she was experiencing and, and how God is continually healing those kidneys. Uh, and then Bryson Stevens shared his, his story of uh, depression and anxiety and getting through that. But there was another gentleman at the end that shared his testimony. And it wasn't necessarily a testimony as much as it was of confession. And it was really uh, liberating. It was really an evening where God began to set people free. And you're here this morning, and if you need God to set you free from a bondage, an addiction, I want to challenge you right now. Please listen. Listen to this message. And I'm going to have this gentleman come again because I titled this message, You Need to Tell Someone. Now, I, that's the best I could come up with. I, I, I change it all. I'm like, no, no, you need to tell someone. Look at someone right now and say, you need to tell someone. And, and, and you're saying, what in the world do I need to tell them? You'll get it here in just a moment because you need to tell someone. Come on up here, Adam, and I want you to prepare but Adam came at the end, and he began to share, and it was very, very transparent. And it was probably one of the toughest things that he ever had to do, but he told someone. He told the church. He told us as the body of Christ. And if you're here and you need God to set you free, I want you to listen to what he's going to tell you, okay? Tell your testimony, Adam. Um. This is the third time I've done this, and it doesn't make it any easier. There's new faces. We're online, and uh, <laughs> I've lived my whole life with addiction. I uh, I was introduced to pornography when I was probably about 12, and I held on to that and uh, struggled with that through most of my adult life. I ruined my first marriage. Um, when I set myself free of that, or God set me free of that, I moved to alcohol. And uh, I, was, I struggled with alcohol for years. I, um, I'm a truck driver, so when I, uh, when I say I went home and got drunk when I'm off work, you know, I did. And, but I was still drunk when I went back to work. Uh, I try to sleep it off, but you can't sleep off all that. And uh, in 2019, Daniel Fast started on January 7th. January 6th, I was at home drunk like normal. But I set in my mind I was going to try to do the Daniel Fast not to drink. So uh, every day of that fast, I prayed, God, please don't let me drink again. And I never have. That's been four years, and I have not tried. But I traded that addiction for overeating. I gained 50 pounds. 
and uncontrollably, didn't matter what it was, I would eat whenever, whatever. And uh, so last year, my wife and I, I let that go, and we went on a diet, and I lost 80 pounds. And, uh, and then I traded that addiction for overspending, recklessly overspending. She, uh, she looks at me, and this is just recently, within the last couple of weeks, she looked at me and she's like, do we even have the money to pay our bills? And that was me. So last Saturday, we came for practice, choir practice, and David asked me if I got his text to give my testimony, and I didn't. He sent it to the wrong number. <laughs> but he asked me if I would, and I said, yeah, I can do that. I went home and I prayed, and I'm like, God, what am I supposed to say? And he said, you know what to say. I read my Bible, and I read, I found James 5.16 that says, confess your sins to one another, and pray for one another, and you may be, you may be healed. So that's what I came here to do. And I, I felt healed all week. I felt such a weight off my shoulders. But I woke up this morning and the enemy was whispering in my ear that those people, they're going to talk about you. They're going to look mm, at you funny. No they, they're judging you. And I started, I read the verse of the day today, which I don't remember what the verse is. I don't, but when I read the whole chapter, part of it said that we're all part of one body. We each have our, our, our little part. And I thought, well, if my big toe is not talking about my ear, then those people aren't talking about me. <laughs> and Amen. then I did this without knowing it again. I did this last service, and everything was great. I felt wonderful. And then I walked out in the parking lot, my phone rang, and it was Pastor Denny asking if I'd come back in here and do it again. <laughs> It all came back. But I'm going to be obedient to God. And I'm going to continue to tell this as many times as I need to so I can be healed. Amen. 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 Come here, buddy. <laughs> Amen. 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 You need to tell someone. I'm going to show you the reason why that is so incredibly important. And here's the thing about the enemy, and that's what he will do to you. He will try to bring this condemnation on you. Jesus didn't come to condemn the world. He came to save us and set us free. But the enemy will try to tell you, if you tell anyone, they're going to condemn you. But here's the thing. But when you do tell... You'll be free. He doesn't want you to tell because the moment you tell, you take all his power and authority away from your life. You completely get set free. And there are some of you this morning that you have a secret. Let's be men and women enough. You have a secret and you know who you are. 
The same way that Adam was carrying this load for all these years. And right now, you're, you're, you're a little uncomfortable. And you have this secret, and, and it's this thing that's got you trapped. And the enemy says, don't let anyone know. But you keep going to it over and over and over. And how you know that if you're, if you're addicted to it is if you do it every other day or maybe once a week. If you've got to go back and if someone tries to take it away from you, you you'll, get, you'll mess you up. You wouldn't know what to do. And so this morning, whenever he was reading this, we need to come clean because we all have these secrets. And let me go ahead and show you why this is so important, that you open your mouth and you tell someone. Now watch what Paul says or, or in Proverbs 28, verses 13. It says, and he who conceals his sin, okay, or sins, plural, does not prosper. You will remain in that battle. You will remain in that bondage for, for, forever. But whoever, what? Confesses and renounces them finds mercy. Now, here's the thing that I was telling the first crowd is that there are actually two levels of confession. Did you know that? There's two, well, two, not two levels, but just two, two things about confession. And we get the first one right, but we forget about the second one. Why is it you confess? And the first one is if you confess to Jesus or God, you'll be forgiven. We know that. And I think we get good at that right there. We, we understand this one because the scripture says this in 1 John 1 and 9, that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Yes, that's incredibly important. But we have all got to get to the Adam Bacon level. And the Adam Bacon level is when we confess our sins to God, we're forgiven. But when we confess, watch, to people or to other people, you'll be healed. God will heal you. And that's the place where the enemy tries to trap you and hold you in bondage so you don't tell anyone. Because the moment you tell someone, then he tries to bring this conviction back on you. Well, they don't like you, but I've got news for you. Whoever's watching, Adam is the greatest hero today in my eyes. He went from 10 to 1,000 because he confessed. And we all got to get to that place because we're all broken people. But he tries to get us to hold this secret so that we'll remain in bondage. But the moment that you confessed, there's, there's where your healing comes from, is when you confess to others. Let me show it to you. Here's the scripture he just told it, told, quoted you. In James 5, verse 16, and this is his hallmark scripture, and this should be all of our hallmark scripture, is it says this, therefore, confess your sins to who? Each other, and then pray for each other, and what's going to happen? So that you may be healed. How many needs God to set you free or heal you in an area of your life that it's been there? And you've got it hidden there and you live with this thing. It's time that we put our big boy pants on and our big girl dresses or whatever you want to call it. I don't know how to say it. Big something, you know, whatever. Just put it on. Man up, woman up, and let's confess. Let's get free. Don't let the enemy put you in bondage and say, if anybody knows. And by the way, you don't have to tell the whole church. He did. He, man, he, he, he stuck it. He just, I don't care. I'm telling the world. I'm done. I'm over it. But here's the thing. You need to tell someone. 
And by the way, you need to tell someone who's a, who's a believer who's not going to go blab and tell everything else. Yeah. Tell someone you know and you could trust. And they're going to pray with you. They're going to be there for you. And they're going to encourage you. And they're not going to tell everybody. You know, there's, there, I've, I've got thousands of people who I've counseled over the years. And they've told me intimate things. They told me things that would blow your mind today if I told you. But I'm taking it to the grave with me because they told me a confidentiality. You've got to know that your pastor, when you come to me and you want to talk to me, man, get healed and we'll talk about it. And, and the moment that you say it, and the moment you speak it, the enemy becomes powerless right there. Because he knows once you're free, then you're going to be one of his greatest enemies ever. And so you have to confess this thing. So when you cast, confess the, the people, you're going to be healed is what the Bible says here. And so, but God wants us all to live an incredibly free life. He wants to set you free. And, and, and you know, I get so frustrated when, when people... They, they don't believe that, or, or, or they go through these groups, okay? They go through all different kinds of set-free groups, and I get that, and I understand it, and I know that when you're addicted to something, it's there as an addictive there. I know that, and I get that, but I don't ever want to give the, the Satan glory, and I don't want to ever get the addictive, that addictive thing in my life glory. I'm not going to sit around and say, well, I'm a recovering. Look, you got to understand when you begin to really fully want to understand who God is, you got to begin to learn his characteristics, his attributes. Because once you learn his attributes, it all comes alive. You'll know. Because God is a God that can't lie. If God says, I've come to set you free, he who the Son sets free is free indeed. He doesn't say, I sent my son to die on that cross to give you something to cope with it, son or daughter. I've come to set you free. Either God's word is a lie or it's not. I believe it's, 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 it's a truth upon the truth upon the truth. It's infallible. There's no mistakes in it. And so if God's word says it, then I can be free. In Romans chapter 7, verses 21, though, the enemy will bring this bondage into your life. And I like to call it, it's like a cycle of destruction. And he tries to keep you in this cycle of destruction because as long as he can keep you there, you're not going to be a threat to him. And he's going to try to tell you, this is who you are, and this is how it's going to be. Let me show you. And, and uh, David went through the same thing. I'm sorry, Paul went through the same thing when he says this in Romans 7, verses 21 and 24. So I find this law at work, talking about this sin or this bondage or this addiction at work. When I want to do good, evil's right there with me. Everybody felt that before? It's right there. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. I really want to do what God's telling me to do. I'm really passionate about God, okay? But then he says, but I see another law at work in the members of my body. What Adam was saying? In the members of my body, there's so many different parts here. But, but I'm seeing the enemy working in my body. And what's he doing? Waging war. There's a war going on against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner. And listen, Adam, and he's going to come at you. He's going to make you feel guilty that you said this. When you leave, yeah, he's going to mess with you all over. And say, that, that's, just a, that's just, it's just emotional, Adam. That's not going to happen. No, you say, no, in Jesus' name, it is going to happen. Because God, I believe what your word says, and I confess it, and I am healed in Jesus' name. I'm going to receive that. But what happens is, he says, but that waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin. And there's some of you this morning, you're bound. 
You just don't know how to be free. We're going to talk about it. I'm going to show you how to get free here. But, but before we jump ahead, I'm going to show you this, uh, uh, this cycle. And at the work, and that work within mem- my members, what a wretched man I am. How many can relate to that? You live with this thing day in and day out. And some of us are not telling anyone. And we're just holding it a secret. You've got to tell someone. You need to tell someone. That is the title of this message. And you tell, but you have to confess it. So let me show you this cycle before I show you the answer on how to really get free. But I'm going to show you the cycle of devastation, of destruction that will happen if you don't confess it. Okay? Let's see if you can identify with these things that God gave me this week. The first one is this, is that it becomes who you are. You know what I mean? It becomes just who you are. And, and you start to feel, this is just who I am. Uh, you know, my dad was a, was a drunk, and my grandpa was a drunk, and therefore I'm just going to have to be a drunk. That's just who, I, I'm just going to have to be addicted. It's just, I can't help this thing, just who I am, right? And so we, 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 we live in that. It becomes just who we are. Or, 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 you know, hey, my, all my brothers, and, you know, they're all addicted to pornography. And so, therefore, you know, I just can't overcome this thing. It's just who I am, you know. It doesn't hurt. As long as it doesn't hurt anybody else, it's not going to hurt anything, right? And so you, we, we think it's just who we've become. And the enemy tries to convince us this. And then the next thing it does is when you try to stop, you can't, and you feel hopeless. You ever felt that? You're trying, you're doing everything you can, and you're feeling hopeless. And today, as Adam said, you know, this next last battle, the spending one, <laughs> hey, we've all been close to that. How many's here ever spent too much? Come on. But doesn't give us a, a license to do it. He identifies it. He said, no, I'm done with this thing. It's not going to cause problems in my marriage. We're going to do something about this thing. And as a church, we're going to stand with you, Adam, and we're, we're not going to let you go down. I'm not going to, I'm going to check on you. We're going to check on one another, okay? And so, but, but you feel like that you're hopeless and helpless and there's no way out and the enemy makes you feel that. But I got good news, there is a way out. And I'll show it to you in just a moment. And then the this, this third one here is you feel threatened if someone confronts you about it. <laughs> and you're an addiction, and someone tells you, said, man, you need help. Let me tell you something. Because the enemy doesn't want you to be free, there will be a spirit rise up within you in attack mode. No, I'm not. You don't know what you're talking about. You know the story of me when I had unforgiveness in my heart for a man that, 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 that did something and I was in a part of the ministry and I held this unforgiveness. I thought I'd forgiven him. I thought I was set free. And Pastor Doug looked at me and I was over to church and he said, you know the story, pray get sick of hearing it. Oh my God. But he looks at me, he said, he said, you've not forgiven him, buddy. And I said, yes, I have. Why does everybody keep telling me I've, I have forgiven him? And I had a two by four in my hand. I threw it across the car. I've forgiven him. Stop asking me that question. He goes, yeah, you're, oh, you forgive him, all right. Oh, yeah, you're healed. You are really healed. <laughs> but I wasn't. And at that moment, I had to confess to him that I still had that. And I fell to my knees. I cried my eyeballs out that day. And you know what? That was the day God healed me of that. Because I finally confessed it. I, kinda, I finally had this deep thing in me that I was keeping it a secret, thinking that I was over it when I wasn't over it. And by the way, you'll know if you haven't forgiven someone because you just mention their name and you'll go on for 35, 40 minutes about them. Am I lying? 
It's like, oh, you don't know what he, oh, let me tell you, buddy. He did this, did this, did that, blah, 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 blah. You'll go, blah, and you're just like, you're wiped out by the time you listen to this mess. You're like, oh, yeah, you're healed all right. <laughs> right? But when you're healed and that person is mentioned to you, you go, I haven't got time to talk about that right now. Come on, let's get on with it, what we're doing. You know what I'm saying? It won't bother you anymore. Why? Because God has healed you. And so am I. So let's go to the fourth one here. The fourth one, you feel like your life is out of control, constantly feel like it's out of control. You're never in control. It's just like you're, you're in a cycle and the, and the enemy's got you there. And here's the last one is that you'll go through. When you want pain to stop, when you want that pain to stop, you know what you do? You run back to that bondage that, you, that you're in. Am I lying? Am I lying, Adam? You know, am, you know, things that in my life, the thing that I'm struggling with, you will run back to that. Now, you're, you're thinking about it right now. Some of you, you know who you are. There is a bondage. There's an addiction in your life. And as I'm speaking this, you're thinking about that, and you know I'm telling the truth. You can't, you can't go this week without doing it. Whatever that it is, whatever that bondage is, you're, you're stuck in that, and that's how you know if you're addicted or not. And you know it's not healthy. And so what do we do? What do we do? So the question we're going to try to answer is, how do we really truly break free from this destructive cycle of an addiction, whatever that addiction may be? whatever that bondage may be in your life. How do I really completely get set free from this addiction? And see, uh, but, but I, I really believe where we all gonna have to get to is we gotta get to the place where Adam got to, where he just finally said, enough is enough, and it's time that I confess. It's time that I tell someone. I'm tired of living this lie. I'm tired of living with this shame. I'm tired of living with this guilt. I'm tired of living with this hopelessness. And it's time that I am going to tell someone and I'm going to be healed. See, I've confessed it to God. He's forgiven me from it. And, and I've been forgiven because he's going to forgive you no matter what. But are you free? Has he, are you healed of it yet? The healing comes when you confess it. You see, this is the whole thing about salvation too. If you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from it, you'll be saved. That's why it's important that we confess. Confession is the most powerful thing that we have. And by the way, it works just the opposite too. When you confess that you're a loser or failure or addicted or whatever, then you start to become that. Like I just said, you will become that. You will start living that, that behavior. So here's what I want to do. I want you to think real quick, about a struggle or a bondage or an addiction that you have. I want you to think about it right now. You know what it is, whatever that it could be. And it could be anything. It could be, it could be money. It could be you have a problem with spending money. It could be a gambling. You have an addiction with that. It could be pornography. And you're running around and, and you're always trying to hide and you're always trying to find ways to, to get around things. Listen to me very closely it's time that you suck it up and become that big uh, man and put on the britches and, and, and that gal, even gals have the problem with this as well. And, and find someone to lock your devices down and let them have the passwords over it. I can't, I can't, that man right there on the front, am I like, Dave, you have the passwords to this iPad right here. I can't go things and do things. I mean, every time it updates, didn't have an update because I can't go in and let it do the update. I, I has to do it every week. It's got to update all of my banking. Because they all want to update every week. It's like they update their apps. I'm like, are you kidding me? It's like how inconvenient. But I'd rather give it to him once on the weekend where he just updates it rather than me having a wide open range where I can go anywhere, 
any place, any time that I want. Now, I don't have a problem with that. But I'm going to tell you something. There'll be days that maybe you're, you're weak or you're vulnerable or maybe something can fly in when you weren't looking for it. You know, just, I mean, my wife and I, I, I was Googling uh, a Carnival Cruise Lines because she was wanting to take a cruise. I, so I was, I was trying to find all the cruise lines and the, all that stuff. And, and boy, oh boy, I mean, those demons came out after that. It's like there's algorithms. They know that you search for something like that. Then the next day, buddy, I was sitting there minding my own business. And this girl in a bikini just went walking across my screen right with my wife right next to me. She's like, what's that? I don't know, but we're going to find out where that came from in a heartbeat. It was Carnival Cruise, man. They're going to use, they're going to exploit this woman to suck you in so you can see there's material. I'm just, that's for whoever. But get an accountability partner. Hallelujah. You know, you got to have somebody. But what is it? Now watch what, what, what Paul says. Paul says not to do this. Because he shows us how devastating it can be if we got an addiction in our life. And watch what he says in Romans 6, verses 12 and 14. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Don't do that. Do not offer the parts of your body to sin as instruments of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God for sin shall not be your master. So if Paul says that not to do it, then evidently we can do this. But how do we do it? And you know, there are many addictions that we have. And there's one addiction I need to focus. I need, I need a hammer as well. And I know that people may not like this, but I'm going to talk about myself. And it's food. Overeating. He said it. He got, you know, he mastered the weight, man. He, wow. They just, they did it. Because, and they can do it. That's, you can do it. Some of us say, oh, there's, there's no way I can do it. Yes, you can. You can do all things through Christ which strengthens you. You can. You can do it. And I'm going to show it to you in just a minute. But so how do we break, this, this, break free from this destructive cycle of addiction? Because our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And here's what I know. I know that the enemy wants us to all eat unhealthy so that we can, we can abuse our bodies to the point where he can take us out early. Because if he can take us out early in this world, then he knows that we're not going to be a threat to him anymore. He's, gonna, I'm telling, he's good. He'll use anything he can to mess with us. And so, you know, I, we need to think about that a little bit as well. And so I know everybody always tells me, like, Yo, you always talk about drugs and alcohol. But that's, we need to talk about that too, I guess. So how about that? Anyway, Enjoy. And it's the truth. We are the temples of the Holy Spirit. So be, let's, let's look at that. And he found out that as well. He was, he was out of control eating. And uh, look at him today, man. I'm, I'm very envious of you right now. I'm really at almost borderline sin how much I'm envious of you. I sin. I'm coveting. I'm coveting that. <laughs> Come on. It's like, but you know, I can do it too. And here's the reason why. And, what, and how I can do it. And let me, show you, let me show you three things that you can do to be able to break the cycle of an addiction. And the first one is, is, is I've got to stop this. We all have to stop this. Is stop making excuses. Say, I can't. Yes, you can. We can all be free. We can be free. We've got to stop all these excuses. Because, oh, man, you hear it? Excuse after excuse after, well, my dad was this way. My mom was this way. And so I'm just this way. No, stop those excuses. That's the way they were. But you don't have to be that way. God created you to be great. You know, he says that he's got a plan for all of us. I shared a few weeks ago, and that plan hasn't changed. And that's, the, that, that's not to harm you, to give you hope and a future of success. He has a plan for all of us, and it's a good plan. 
but we're the ones that can alter it. And so Jesus begins to tell this story, a parable. He loved to talk in parables. And so he begins to tell this parable to his disciples because a lot of them were making excuses. And so he, he uses this parable to explain his point to them. And he talks about this young man who is going to be throwing this incredible banquet. I mean, and by the way, back then, banquets were amazing because the, all the, the food back then was very bland. They didn't have spices like we got. They didn't have all the stuff that we have today. And so in order to go to the banquets, is, is, that was a, a treat. That was an honor because they would have the best of the best there. All the foods, man, they would spice it up. It would be amazing. But these three guys that he was inviting kept coming up with excuses why that they couldn't go. Now watch. Let me read you the story here. In Luke 14, verses 18 and 20. But they all alike began to make excuses why they can't, why they can't go. The first one said, I have just bought a field and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Now, remember, this banquet was at, after dark. Okay, this is 2,000 years ago. They didn't have football lights. They didn't have street lights. They didn't have cars to go out there and look at this stuff. Okay, how are you going to look at your field? Okay, you can wait till morning to go see your field. Dumb excuse, okay? Crazy excuse. Just coming up with an excuse. Okay, how many of you ever heard dumb excuses before, okay? Some of you ladies, look at your wife. How's your husband? Why did you do this? And trust me, you'll find some serious doobers, doozies. But please excuse me. And, and then another one said this. I have just bought five yoke of oxen, and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. How are you going to try them out after dark? When's the last, no, I, I said his first service and I thought about it. Well, you can do it. When's the last time that you've seen someone plowing a field after dark? Well, we got headlights on those tractors now. They can do that, but not back then. When's the last time you wanted to go out in a field at midnight with a bunch of cows in dark, checking them out? I guarantee you, you're not going to see a lot of them. You're going to see silhouettes, but, but that's a dumb excuse. I mean, crazy. One. Now, there's one guy here that really has a legitimate excuse, and I like this one. And he says, still, another said, I just got married, so I can't come. <laughs> hey, man, I mean, and that, that wife had control of that situation right there. You know, what she says you're going to do. But again, if you think about that, as I did the research on this, again, this was an incredible banquet. I mean, it was like Ruth Chris or Chris Ruth. I always get that backward. Ruth Chris, baby. You got free, free tickets or free food. You can go and they're going to invite you. You just get married. I guarantee you, your wife's going to say, let's go, man. Let's go. This would be awesome, right? That's like this. What woman in her right mind would say, you know, you can't go. Okay, he was just throwing her under the bus. He didn't say a word. Guarantee she didn't say a word. She didn't probably know about it. But he was coming up with an excuse why he couldn't. And Jesus was telling them, look, quit, stop, stop the excuses why you can't serve me. Stop it. You can be free. Now is the time, church. Now, today is the day that we confess to someone about something that we're struggling with and be free. Get healed of it in Jesus' name. Well, can I really do it? Absolutely. Philippians 4.13, Hallmark Scripture says, I can do all things. So we say all, all. things. That's everything that you're battling. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Stop the excuses. We can do these things. Amen. And so, number one, we've got to stop making all these excuses. 
suck it up, and let's take that responsibility. Remember, I like what Barbara Tushman said, the number one need in America is the need for people to accept responsibility. Stop playing the blame game and, and coming up with excuses on this and that and this and that. We have to accept that responsibility for our addiction and say, I need help. I got to have help. And here's the second thing um, that I believe that, that can help us get set free from it is we got to get rid of bad friends. Got to get rid of them. Can a man get them out of your life? I don't care how old you are. Okay, this doesn't matter. This, is, this doesn't have an age to it. There are some of you working in factories, men, talking nasty talk about other women. Wives, would you like your husband to be around that group? You, would you want your husband hanging out with that party? No. Husbands, you got to learn to cut the ties saying, I'm not going to do this. I've got different friends. I'm going to have to let you go. And here's the thing I used to tell all the time our teenagers, and, and show me four. Show me four of your closest friends. And I'll show you a good, clear picture of your future. Oh, they won't affect me. Oh, yes, they will. I think I said a few weeks ago, your friends are like elevator, or buttons on an elevator. They're either going to take you up or down. You've got to make sure they're taking you in the right direction, not the wrong direction. Oh, they won't have that many impact. Oh, yes, they will. Yes, they will. I guarantee it. Okay, listen to me. I was telling the first service, I love Oreo cookies. And please, so help me, if you bring me Oreo cookies... Every time I preach about Oreo cookies, somebody brings me Oreo cookies. Ed. And I will eat them. But the problem is I don't eat them in moderation. I go nuts. And so here's the thing. If I'm at a party and there's a bowl of Oreo cookies and Doritos, I'm eating them. I'm in the wrong crowd. Because you'll be eating them with me. We'll be eating them together. Why? Because here's the reason why. Go to the scripture here. It tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 33 and 34, do not be misled. Bad company. People always eating Oreo cookies and Doritos corrupts good character. It will corrupt you. It will take you down. But listen, it doesn't matter what. So here's the deal. If you have a problem with smoking, don't hang out with the people smoking all the time, blowing in your face. You're going to go like, I've been set free. I just quit yesterday. You can't tempt me. I guarantee you, give me one of those things. Man, I'm, I'm stressed out. Give me one. But here's the thing. And what do we do? We run to it because it, it makes us feel better. But uh, as we were saying, but, but once we do it, then, then the guilt comes in. Then the shame comes in. And by the way, it, it destroys your body. It's not good for your lungs. Okay, let's just t- lay it out. But bad company corrupts good character. Come back to your senses as you ought and stop sinning. And so in other words, no matter which group that you're with, they can either pull you down or pull you up. And it works both ways, by the way. You know, if you're hanging out with people who's constantly drinking or carrying on, then, then they will, they, you'll end up trying that as well. I remember growing up as a teenager, there was a, a doctor in the community, and he passed away. He's no longer a doctor, so I'm not going to say the name because it's none of your business. But anyway, and his, his kids, and I was good friends with him. We played tennis together. So we went, and uh, I, I went to Phil M tournaments. That's Filipino American tournaments, and we would play together. But they sure like to drink. And Doc said, Gary, you're, you're, you know, I can trust you. Don't let anybody leave the house and you drink all you want. And, and so here I am. I was a Christian. They were my only friends I had. And about I found myself amongst all these people just drinking. That's all they were doing. So you know what I did? I ended up drinking a little bit. They introduced me to this game called Quarters. And if you all know what that game is, shame on you. It's a quarter and you take it. It's the coolest game ever, though. I, it's kind of fun. 
You take the cord and you bounce it on a table and you have a shot glass. Dude, I'm so, so sorry who's watching this right now. But it's important you hear this. But I'm, I don't do that anymore. But it was, it was kind of fun. And you take the cord and you bounce it and there's, 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 uh, there's whiskey or whatever, real hard drinking that. And then you would pick who had to drink that. And so I was real good at it. I, I was getting everybody drunk. I couldn't, because they were drunk and they couldn't. Then one, day, one night, they got me. And I went home and, and, and I, I didn't like what I saw. And I knew I had to cut the ties right there. And so I cut the ties. I had to, I had to get rid of them. And I never went back. I, I just stopped it. But here's the thing. Anytime you give up something like that, God always has a good replacement. God started bringing Christian friends in my life, and I met, this, met these people, and they invited me to the church up in Austin, and I get saved, and I get filled with God's Spirit. I get filled with the Spirit, and, man, and, and it's amazing. My life began to start going in the right direction, all because I changed the company that I was with. And there are some of you, you're going to have to change companies. Some of you are going to have to change hairdressers. My gosh. I don't ever go there anymore. Brittany Harden comes to my house. Oops. And, or, or, or shop or wherever. And she comes, does my hair. Wilma and I, we, we, yeah, I don't go there anymore because every time you go there, it's like you hear, you know, somebody talking about their husband. Oh, my husband did this, my husband did that. And instead of saying, you know what, we need to pray that God will bless your marriage and God's going to help restore that marriage. You know what they do? I'd get rid of him. I'd go out and find somebody else to start dating is what I'd do. I'd get rid of that old sorry, nothing for no good, whatever. You know, and they're giving you bad advice. Show me your friends, I'll show you your friends. Bad company corrupts good character. So you have to be careful. And so I don't like going there. I don't like going to the BMV either. I don't like, there's a lot of places I don't like going anymore. It's, it's over the top crazies. Anyway, but show me your friends, I'll show you your future. But, but, and here's the thing. Everyone wants something, but they want it for nothing, don't they? They want, the, they want the things of God. They want the joy. They want the happiness. They want the peace. They want the good marriage. They want the good finances. They want the good health. They want everything that God gives and provides. They all want it all, but without God. They won't include God. And here's the thing I want to say, share with you that I want you to understand. Anything that you give away without a price, it always cheapens. And I used to tell our young people this all the time. Young girls, stop it. If they don't put a ring on your finger, don't go anywhere. Don't, 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 don't give anything. Don't, don't. It just cheapens you. It just cheapens it. And this is the same thing with your friends. You see, put value on you. I'm a child of God. If you're going to be my friend, you're going to have to worship my God. If you're going to be my friend, you're not going to use nasty language around me. If you're going to be my friend, we're not going to, part, we're not going to do this stuff, okay? That's the price that you're going to have to pay in order to be my friend. I'm not trying to be better than anybody, but I'm telling you, you have to set the boundaries because if you don't, that world will suck you right down the wrong drain. Amen. And so in James chapter 4, verses 7, there's two things that has to happen. You've got to submit yourselves then to God and then resist the devil, and he will flee from you. You have to submit to God and resist the devil. There's a two-part there. And then God can begin to help you. So, and here's the, here's the uh, last and final one. So number one, stop making excuses. Stop making excuses. Confess it. Get it out. Quit, because trust me, you ever been around somebody that they, 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 you confront or whatever, and they come up with all these excuses? Drives me crazy. Why, why can't they just accept responsibility that they did something wrong? Oh, they got excuse for everything. <laughs> you know? But, and so stop the excuses. And the second thing is get rid of bad friends. Get rid of people in your life that's going to pull you down. 
could be in your factory, could be in a workplace, could be in an office. Listen, you can love people at a distance. You don't have to be their best friends all the time, okay? You can still be their friend, but you don't have to be their best friend. You don't have to go out and dinner with them and eat with them and hang out with them and all that stuff. You know, I'm not going to take you fishing in my boat if, if every word coming out of your mouth is, is, is the F word and the, all this stuff. And I'm not doing it. I'm not doing that. So anything you give without a price, it cheapens it. And so here's the last and final one. And it's just out with the old and in with the new. And what I meant by the saying that is this, is that, is that once you get saved, the junk, the sin's got to come out. And every time that you give something up for God, something else comes in better. And put God in that void. Put God in there. Let God be controlled of your life. Let, give him control of who you are. Replace that addiction with God. God's got to become bigger than anything else in your life. And once he becomes bigger then you'll be able to do something about it. Let me show you in John 3, 3, verses 30. Pastor David, I'm wrapping it up. Go ahead and get the whole team on up here. He must become greater and greater, and I must become less and less. Isn't that good? If you want to be free, he's got to become greater. And you see, this is where Adam's at right now. He's having to make a decision that God has got to be number one. If he's not number one, he'll run to those things. All of us will run to those things. Even myself, have to be careful. He has to be number one. He must become greater and greater, and I must become less and less. Humble yourselves. I didn't put this up here. The Bible says in 1 Peter, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God so that in due time, God can exalt you. Let God be the one to elevate you. Let God begin, begin, the, begin to be the one to exalt you, lift you up. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 17. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ. Somebody say anyone. anyone. Aren't you thankful that you're an anyone? If you're in Christ, you're an anyone. I'm a whosoever and I'm an anyone. <laughs> but I'm a whosoever and anyone. But if anyone is in Christ, he is a what? New creation. Old things have what? Passed away. And what's happening? All things have become new. You have to believe that. You got to know that. I'm a new creature. I'm a new creation. God's newness is in me. Adam, when you leave, you got to know when you open your mouth this morning, God's newness is now in you, but the enemy's going to try to make you think of the old of you. Stop doing that. Don't let him do that. No, you say, I am a child of God. I've surrendered my life to you, God. And you said in your word that if I confess, and I did, that I will be healed. I'm receiving that right now in Jesus' name. I'm receiving my healing over my addiction. I'm receiving my healing over that bond that keeps me bound all the time. Ephesians 5 verses 18, it says this, and you can put whatever that you want here. Do not get drunk on wine. Do not get drunk on overspending. Do not get drunk on overeating. Do not get drunk on, on, on pornography. Do whatever that your weakness is, whatever that your battle is, whatever your bondage is, put that there, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Hit, listen to me. Anything you yield to, you'll be filled to. If you yield to lust, you're going to be filled with lust. If you yield to pornography, you're going to be filled with pornography. If you yield to drugs, you're going to be filled with drugs. If you yield to the Spirit, you'll be filled with the Spirit. God can set you free, church. I'm telling you. And so how are we going to break this addiction, this bondage, this cycle? How are we going to do it? How are we going to do it? We've got to stop the excuses. 
Confess it. Get it out. Find somebody. Tell them. Number two, get rid of your friends. Get rid of the friends that's going to drag you down. And I promise you, anytime that you, you remove something out of your life that's the negative, God's always going to replace it with a positive. He's going to always have someone there for you. And I believe with all of my heart that God has new friends for you just right now, waiting for you. All you have to do is let go of the bad ones, and God's going to give you the new ones. Amen. God's going to remove the discouragers, and he's going to bring the encouragers in your life. But you got to remove the discouragers before the encouragers can come because the discouragers taken over and they're not giving any room to the encouragers. Amen. Does that make any sense to anybody? Let me give you a little bit of advice here. Paul struggled with stuff. He had a thorn in his side. He had a battle. And listen, we're not going to always be perfect. You're always going to battle with something, okay? It just goes with it. You're going to battle it. Though a righteous man falls, seven times he gets back up though. But my, my point is this, you have a savior. He loves you. He died for you. He provided for you. He's given you a way to set you free. We just got to know that. We got to believe that and keep going back to that. Just confess your sins. How many times? 70 times 70. How many times? Just keep confessing. It's okay. Just keep it under the blood. Quick. Why was David a man after God's own heart? Because he was quick to repent. He just constantly kept repenting. He wasn't perfect, but yet you can, you can live a free life. You don't have to live in that bondage. God can, can, can set you free. Don't be drunk on that stuff, which leads to mockery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. But now let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 19 and 10, because Paul, he, he always had a battle. But the beautiful thing is, is God says, I'm going to equip you with, with something here. Watch what he says. It's 2 Corinthians 12, verses 9 and 10, because this is where some of us, we feel, we, we may still have a weakness or a bondage, and but here's the beautiful thing about it. Watch. My grace is sufficient for you, Paul. He had this thorn in his side, and many scholars are trying to figure it out. They still don't know if it was a physical thorn in his side or spiritual thorn. We're not sure. I happen to believe it was spiritual. That's just me. That's what I lean toward. I just feel like it's some sort of a spiritual battle he's going through. But watch what he says. My, my grace is sufficient for you, Paul. For my power is made perfect in weakness. When you're down, when you're discouraged, when you're weak. I'm going to give you power to get through this thing, Paul. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses. Because those weaknesses are, are there that just remind me that I still have a God that's going to get me through this thing so that Christ's power may rest on me. Isn't that good? That is why, for Christ's sake, I'm able to delight in weaknesses. I'm able to delight in these strongholds that I face because my God's grace is sufficient for me. For when I am weak, then I am strong because it's in my weaknesses is when God can really move the best. And when you're weak is when God can do it. When, 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 when Adam, when you finally come to the place where I can't do this anymore, guess what? That's when he came on the scene and his strength began to come into you and set you free. But as long as you're in control, it's going to control you. But when you give up your control, then God can finally be in control. And some of us, we got to give up the control so God can finally be in control. Submit to God and then resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Amen. Amen. Over this place this morning.